0: Just as tells us that the word Hayom is a code word for the Yom Naraim. It's a code word for Rosh Hashanah specifically. Hatem Kulchem is trying to give us a window into how to be Yodzei Badin. There's a lot of reasons why this is my favorite. 45 minutes of the week in Oreita. And one of the reasons that it's my favorite is because it's not really in Oraita. It happens to be housed in this particular building. But it's not a coincidence that it's also the sheer... I mean, everyone's welcome whenever they want. It's a pretty open-door place here. At some point, if you come too much, you know, Scott's going to ask you for tuition money or something, but the man is going to get on your case. But, but really, everyone's welcome whenever they want. And there's a reason that Dafka, and this particular Arab Shabbos, Kabal Shabbos minion that we have here, that the doors sit, they seem to open more in terms of people coming in from the outside. The greatest way to be Yotzi Badin, the greatest way to be Zoche Badin on Rosh Hashanah is to remove yourself from the equation. Anyway, that's what Chazal are demanding of us. There's no focus on our veros on Rosh Hashanah. Before, say that Ramah brings down that for four days before, we're checking ourselves with Slichos, making sure that it's a proper korban tashem. Hashem. Just like a korban, you check four days before to make sure there's no mumen, so we check ourselves to make sure there's no mumen. But when we come to the actual coronation, we come to the coronation of the king, what the, in Chabad Chassidus they call the koronotziyavach, the week of the coronation. So it has nothing to do with you. The best thing that you can do is hide amongst the crowd and be part of this beautiful thing called berov am hadras melech hayom kulchem. If you want to stand and not fall down, Rosh Hashanah, Atemnitzavim hayom kulchem. Ein melech below am does not just mean that the king derives his power from the fact that, like the Vilna famously said, the difference between a melech and a moshel is a moshel is a despot who is moshel over people by force. A melech is someone who you're mamlech, who you crown as the king. So, ein melech below am is not just a pshat in the fact that the king isn't the king unless the people crown him, which is probably the simple interpretation, but it means that that the more there's an am, if ein melech below am, if there's no king without any am, then to the degree that there's an am, and to the degree that people are getting together, and to the degree that we're breaking down the barriers of thinking of ourselves in particular labels, Roshechem, Shifteichem, Zegneichem, Shotreichem, Kol Yish Yisrael. Shoiv Mimecha, Chotei Woodchoppers, water schleppers, princes, literate, illiterate. When the whole arm is standing together and we stop seeing ourselves where we stand in the line, and instead, we become like the crown of the king. You know, the Gemara says in Tainus, we dance in a circle. We dance in a circle and we point Hashem in the middle and we say, Hashem kivinu, and all that Tzadik and the Marasha already says it and Rav Dessler expounds upon this at length and the Maharal has on this, that the whole Indian of the circle is that as opposed to a hierarchical structure where there's a top and there's a bottom, there's a beginning, middle and end in the circle, the beginning, the middle, and the end all blend into each other. And it's, the reason is because Zeshav Kivinilo is in the center. And so on Rosh Hashanah, the whole goal is to crown the king. How do you think you crown the king? You crown the king by becoming the crown. And the way you become the crown is the crown is a circular thing that goes on top of the king's head. And the crown of the king is the Am. Not just because the Am is the one who gives the king his power. Instead of making him a Moshe, you make him a Melech. But it means that to the degree that there's Shalom and to the degree that we're making peace with each other and to the degree that we're Nitzavim Hayom Kulchem that everybody feels like they're shayach to this coronation. That everybody feels Mirosheichem Ad Shoev memekhem. Those who are the, the highest or the lowest on the regular barometer of how we create hierarchies not Rosh Hashanah. And that's why in Rosh Hashanah the ideal is to just not stick out as much as possible. I made a deal a long time ago in yeshiva that I'll come in on Yom Kippur. Kippur is a verus, you know, a verus you can't hide from. You can't hide under your tallas or amongst the crowd if you're verus on you. That's a private thing that you do with Hashem, and, and and that's good. Hashem dry cleans you like one shirt at a time, you know. He's mavi rishon rishon. He takes one at a time and just scrubs you out, and it's the most delicious and beautiful. Rosh Hashanah, I don't want to be shlecht you know, I don't want to, I don't want to be, I mean, I'm grateful to the Shulukhi e and their, their big tzaddikim, but I don't, I just want to be standing with everybody else. I don't particularly, and so every year I sort of try to wiggle out of that, and so far it's worked. Because uh, the Indian University of Rosh is to be kulcha, to make the melech the melech by making the am the am. from the Chida, the Chida said that, it's got me, it's on the Tifer Shlomo, the Tifer Shlomo gave a whole drasha, a whole long He gave a whole arichus about how the ichor of what's necessary in Rosh Hashanah was Chasser from his town. It made me feel a little better. Unfortunately, we haven't progressed very much. Gemara says, it was in Shir Klali a few weeks ago, or Blau was talking about, you know, what, what do you do if you have to, the Gemara has the whole arichos, what happens if you have to decide between being in a place where there's an expert chazan who knows how to do the brachos. Remember, we're doing, this is before the, you know, the Rav uh, Rabbi Sachs, Koran, Art Scroll, you know, annotated machzer. So like, forget, there's no machzer at all, right? So either you know it by heart or you don't know how to daven. And so, okay, during the year, I'm you can learn how to daven by heart, but Rosh Hashanah davening is pretty hard, so the Gemara says if you, if you have a choice between being in a place where there's a person who can be the Chazan who's going to say the brachos of shof, you know, all these different themes of, of Malchios and shofros and zechronos and all the, all the different themes of Rosh Hashanah versus being in a place where there's someone who knows how to blow shofar, so you should choose shofar over, over the person who knows the brachos had a daven because shofar is the and the brachos is the Rabbanu. The Gemara has a whole discussion there. And if you're reading that Gemara with any sensitivity, so then you know that there's a bit of pain in that Gemara, because it's like, why don't the two minyonim just get it together? And then you grow up a little bit, and you realize that, ha ha ha, You know? And then you read, the, you read from the Tefer Shlomo over Damsk, which is, you know, going back quite a few hundred years, and he says, you know, we're praying for Rosh Hashanah, and the Iker is chaser minasefer, which is the Iker is Shalom. And there's no Shalom in this city. And that's what he's saying. So it's the Torah from the Chidah, the Chidah said that the Iker Kli Machzik Bracha. So it's the very last Mishnah in Shas. The Iker Kli Machzik Bracha is Shalom. Because Baruch Hu chose the Iker Kli Machzik Bracha is Shalom. And so shalom, we're davening them, we should have a good year, we want a, whole, we want a good year, and the main way to have a good year is to be ma'am Hashem together and to have Shalom. So the Chidah says, why Chazal use this Lashon of the Iker Kli Machzik Bracha is Shalom. So the Chidah says so beautifully, you know, if you have a cup, this is true in Hilchus Neti'el You have to know these dinam. But if you have a cup that has, you know, a wall that's, you know, you have this, this cup like this, and the, you have one part of the wall goes like up to here, and there's like a little dip down, and then the wall goes like this, and then it goes back up a little bit, and it goes down here, and it goes like this, and then it goes, and you have this jagged sort of cup. So anybody who has ever lived in the world for more than 10 seconds and, you know, knows a little bit about how gravity works and how, you know, so wherever the lowest point on the cup is, that's where that's where this cup is going to be machzik, the water. Because even if you have part of the wall that's up here of the cup, if there's a part of the wall that's down here, it's just going to seep out of that part of the cup. And so the Chidah said that the ultimate brach, that's why Chazal used that Lashon, the brach is shalom, because when there's shalom, that means the walls all reach the same point, and it can hold in the, the 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 blessing. It can hold in the, the vessel of, of peace. It's able to hold the bracha that Hashem is trying to send into the world. By by Birkas Kohanim. So we say the bracha. Yisach Sham Panavilecha Vichuneka. The first bracha we say is Yishmerecha Hashem Yiverecha Hashem Yishmerecha. So there's a Torah from a very famous Torah from the from the Yiverecha Hashem Yishmerecha. Yiverecha Hashem is happening all the time. Yiverecha Hashem is a fact. Yivarechicha right? Hashem, Hashem is blessing us all the time. Hashem is sending pools from the of bricha. Hashem is sending pools of blessing down. Yivarechicha Hashem, but Yishmerecha, but you should be able to hold on to it, because what's happening all the time is Hashem is sending it down and it's going right through our fingers, or it's going straight through the fact that we live in this hierarchy where there's one person who's up top and there's one person on the bottom. The bracha can only be Shorah on a place where everybody is equal. And in Rosh Hashanah, which is the Makor HaBracha, I'm sorry, Shabbat is the Makor HaBracha, but on a certain level, it's the Makor HaBracha of the year where everything is coming in, where all the Shefa is coming into the year on a, on a communal level. On a communal level. So a person has to make sure that you're standing shoulder to shoulder with everybody to the degree that we can be Mach Shalom and we can get rid of Machlokes and we can get over ourselves we can look past our petty arguments, the better off we are. And I'll tell you something as a 38-year-old, uh, which is relatively young as far as things go, but a, a 38-year-old who sees 48-year-olds and 58-year-olds and also sees 18 and, I guess, 28-year-olds sometimes also, um, it doesn't get easier as you get older. The Gemara in Brachos talks about the Gil Mishmaros that are in the Lila three Mishmaris that are in the Lila. So in the first Mishmar, everybody remembers? You guys know I me? Mean, it's not, no? In the first Mishmar, what happens? The donkey. The donkey. The chamor is bo'er. So the chamor is humrus. There's three periods of the darkness of this thing called life in this world. Compa- in this world, is But compared with the world where we came from, it's not such a simple world that we're in. So already there's many Mepharshim who say that the, the donkey brang is the first third of life, as it were. The first third of life. You know, if a person is uh, so lucky, so fortunate, so then, you know, like the, like David Melech said, 70, 80 years, you know, that's, that's a, a long life, shall live till at least 180. But 70, 80 years is like, that's the average lifespan. So you split it into thirds, you could do the math yourself. So the first third of life first third of the of the night the donkey is braying which means that Taiva, chumris, Chomer the motion of chamor, chumris, is, is braying away and is calling for your attention and all of the Gotezachin that uh, you know from the time that you that you become aware of yourself you know even from a pretty young age, food and other different types of Taivas that are distracting to a person Person gets to a, the next level, so the next third of the night. So the Gemara says that the dogs start to bark. we get it? So the dogs start to the dogs start to bark, and um, and there. So the tzaddikim say the dogs barking is already is already You know, a person starts to become more focused on inanim of gaiva. Gaiva is a slightly more is a slightly more pernicious, but also a slightly more elevated form of taiva it's a spirit you know what is gaiva Reb Chaim Shulewitz used to say that when he would walk he writes this in Sichas Moser that when he would walk into the base meditation you would hear people praising Reb Chaim's Torah and he knew full well that they were talking about Reb Chaim Salavechik, that they were talking about Reb Chaim, like uh, the G'rach and they would walk he would walk in and occasionally he would be like oh Reb Chaim's shir was unbelievable today he knew it wasn't him but he still felt good you know that's what he said he still felt good now what did what did he really get it's not, a, it's the type of taiva that's like, it's almost like a spiritual type of taiva. But it's also a more dangerous type of taiva. A person starts to fall prey. As you get a little bit older, you start to be more concerned with inyanim of gaiva. The dog barking, have have. Give me, give me kavod. As opposed to the donkey, which is just braying for, you know, it's just a fiery taiva. The dog is asking for outside validation. And that becomes a little bit more dangerous. You know, that's... On Rosh Hashanah, a person has to be very, very careful about this. person to be very careful about this. Finally, at the end, so the Gemara says, so then we start to get to the more, you get a little bit older, and then you already have one leg, you know, out of the world, one eye towards the prize, Ishram Saparis, Mbaila, uh, tinok. Right, so this is, as the Tzadikim say, like the Grah and others say that, that's the tinok, it starts to nurse, that's learning, to finally you start to learn a little Torah. Yishim is the Paris and Baileh start to do a little exposure to you start to talk to Hashem finally. To nurse, and to speak with Hashem. So, yeah, it doesn't get easier. So the, the more you can work on your gaiva now, the more that you can try to move Machlokas out of the way now, and you can realize that it's just not worth it. I'll, I'll share one last thing, i singing sing it again. Uh, Rivkuk's father was also the Rav of Shul, very beloved. There's a big machlokas in a particular Shul town over. And they called, they called Rivkuk's father in to come like uh, arbitrate a little bit. So they invited him for Shabbos to come and give some droshas and some shmuzin. And, and it was Parshas Korach that week. And he got up and he spoke about how Aaron's staff Aaron Aconian's staff, Dafka, after the whole thing is over, so, the final nace, you know, that finally puts the whole thing to rest, is that Aaron's staff starts to blossom. Moshe Rabbeinu says, whoever's staff is going to blossom, and Aaron's staff blossoms, and it specifically blossoms with shkedim, with almonds, and almonds. So, if Cook's father said, why Dafka, why Dafka does Aaron's staff blossom with almonds? So he said a beautiful Torah, my favorite type of Torah. He said there's a Mishnah in Maseches Maesros that deals with, you know, when you take Maeser, so one of the with of is you can't take Maeser from one min for another min. So if you have a basket of apples and a basket of oranges, you can't take a tenth of the apples and then take another tenth of the apples on behalf of the oranges you have to take a tenth from the apple and a tenth from the orange is each min bifnayatom. so therefore the Mishnayis there in Trumos and Myceros and Miser occasionally and in demai, sometimes also will go through different types of peros and what are the status of these peros and you know you have to learn it with a good parish so that you can have any clue what these peros correspond to because Manazez, Zerayim is difficult like that. So he said if you look there in the Mishnayis, so you'll see that when it talks about amens so it distinguishes between two types of amens. There's one type of almond, listen carefully to this, there's one type of almond that's called sweet almonds. Now I said sweet almonds when they're unripe, and also by the way you're supposed to only take Meister once the thing is ripe, right? So sweet almonds before they're ripe are very bitter. And then over time they become sweet and that's when they become good to eat. Bitter almonds are good, they're, you know, they're, they're good to eat when they're, they're, they're bitter, but they start off sort of sweet and unripe and then they become bitter. So you have two types of almonds. So you have one type of amin that starts off bitter and then it becomes sweet. You have another which starts off sweet and then it becomes bitter. So he weaved this whole beautiful drasha that he said to this whole community that he said, this is the whole Indian of Machlokas wrapped up into one, one little mishnah. He said there's two options with Machlokas. It either starts sweet and ends bitter or starts bitter and ends sweet. Every Machlokas is like this that you've ever been in your life and you ever will be in your life. There's a Machlokas and you could either have it start off sweet where you say listen i'm going to have it my way whether this person likes it or not and i'm going to gather some khiva around me and i'm going to get the you know the, the board members on my side and i'm going to get the you know i'm going to get the the, the shiva on my side and i'm going to get the whatever the rest of the family on my side and whatever the particular avenue of machlokus is whether it's a family or whether it's a school or it's a shul or it's a, i'm going to get this person on my side and I'm going to show this person. Meanwhile, that person's doing the same thing, and he thinks it's going to be very sweet. Things start to... And maybe at first you're even succeeding, you know, like you're getting it your way. At the end of the day, Cook's father said, it ends up being very bitter. It's those almonds that start off sweet that become bitter. So the other way is that you have a bit of a disagreement. And you wanted something to go a certain way. And there's a lot of ego involved. And you're, it's not kulchem Lifnashem. But instead it's lots of different people vying for their own interest. And then <coughs> and then you say, you know what? I'm out. I, I, it's okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna back out, I'm gonna lay down my my weapons, and you have it your way, and not only do you have it your way, but I'm gonna join your way, and it's gonna be Gavaldic. And the main thing is that we're the main thing is the main thing, and we're serving Hashem together, and Malchus Hashem is at the forefront of this entire enterprise anyway. <laughs> so that's a hard thing to do, that's very bitter. He said, but if a person does that, so then you'll see that things become sweet. In the end, in the end, what started out as a bitter almond becomes a sweet almond. And so, so said, these are the two options. Those are the two types of almonds. And in Parashas Korach, when, when Aaron's staff starts to blossom with almonds, that's nekuda, that's the, that's the thing that Hashem is saying. Aaron you said, listen, whatever. Hashem, you want to pick Korach instead of me? Like in the end, like that's fine. Whatever, whatever the, whatever your, whatever gives you nachas, Hashem. Kvod elokim haster and that's the whole Indian of Rosh Hashanah. Kvod elokim Nachman explained in Torah There's two types of kavod. There's kvod malachim and kvod elokim. Kvod malachim is when I t- try to take the malchus for myself. I try to take the malchus for myself, and then choker daver, and then everyone is being choker. What does choker mean? Everyone's investigating. Well, who is this guy I think he is that he should get the kavod? Right? And they're, and they're right. Who is any one person to get the kavod? But if a person is making something kavod alokim, then haster davar. Hashanah, the whole Indian of, of Rosh Hashanah is b'kese, is behester. behester that it's... We put everything to the side in order to make room for Hashanah. and that's the, That is the central Nekudah. Friends are on their way to Uman right now. They have a 15-hour journey ahead of them from Warsaw, where they're landing, to Uman. And it stands to reason—stands to reason—that there might be a point along the way where they might get a little bit tired, and they might say, "What is this all for? Am I going here? I grew up modern Orthodox. How did this happen? <laughs> ha- where, where did this happen? Where did this happen? How did this happen? Who's responsible?" Mothers who are listening now who are like nodding their heads, you know, vehemently, like, Yes, how did that happen? So let's give them chizm. Let's give them chizm. <laughs> No time here. This needs to be at least a two-hour <laughs> session. Let's do it. And go to the end of the parsha. And by the end of the parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu lays it out for us pretty clear. He lays it out so clear. I mean, the Ramban is laying it out. When Moshe was writing it in the Torah. Hashem is begging us. Hashem is begging us. I'm telling you, Hashem says, See that I'm placing in front of you life, which is good, and death, which is bad. The end of the very long list here, the Rabbonu Shalom says, there's the Chaim and there's the Mavis. Nasati lefanecha, brachav to uva'charte b'Chaim, to b'Chaim. So there's a a Balaturim, which is hard to go through a parsha itself without thinking it's Balaturim. And the Balaturim says that the way that we should read these pesukim is there's good and there's bad, there's life and there's death, unless the person. Be unsure which one they should choose if it wasn't clear enough already. So Hashem says, Bachar to The Baal Turim's Lashon is, he says, Imagine there's a lottery that you can win. And the only thing is that to win the lottery, you have to know, like, you have to guess the numbers. He says, The words, Uvachar to choose life, is Hashem giving you the lottery numbers. He's like taking your hand. It's like there's, a, there's like 30 boxes, you know. And it's like, pick the box. that has, you know, a $20,000 uh, bracelet for your wife in it. You, you know, Erev Rosh It's like, okay, I want to make the Rebotson happy, you know. It's very important, buy jewelry for your wife. And you're looking to try to find. And so, and then the guy who's running the thing takes your hand and he's like, this one. Right? So that's what the Baal term describes. He says, Hashem is telling us there's, there's a tachayim, a satov, a samaves, a sarah. Let me show you how to do that. Now, what does that mean? You know, I, I, learned, I heard this Baal term many, many years ago. I heard this Baal term many, many years ago. And I even the first time I heard this Baal term, actually, was probably close to, probably close to 20 years ago. Um, one of the first times that I heard Moshe Weinberger speak in person. And he said a very sweet story. He said that when he was younger, he used to play. His father was Nifter uh, a few years ago, and I was in the States. Uh, He said a story that that evening, that when he was younger, he used to play chess with his father. And he said the funny thing about playing chess with your father is that when the two of you are sitting, you know, across each other by the table, and ostensibly you're playing against each other. So he said, but when you're playing with your father, you pick up, you know, a piece, and you like look up and your father goes shakes his head side to side, uh-uh. And you put it down, and you go to like another piece, and you like think for a minute you try to take a moon and uh-uh. And he shakes his head again. And finally you touch a piece and he goes, ah. Uh-uh. Alright, so you, people conceive of they're playing, you know, chess with the master of the world, and we are. But I'll take it one step. That's what the Weinberger said, I'll take it one step further because I never understood this Baal to him. Never understood this Baal Turum because Al-Turim, well, you know, in a Hanami, we're playing chess with Hashem, but we have the Torah, Kedosha. the Torah tells us what we're supposed to do with Seder. But we don't always have to make decisions that are frontally one of the 613 mitzvahs. We're all the time making decisions about what's best for us and not. And we don't, unless we're a Nevi, we don't really have Hashem's telling us, you know. So, okay, that's why a person has Rebbeim and, and teachers and and friends to go and to see the Hashem shaking his head through the agency of the Tzaddikim and the B'nai you know, vim, the B'nai vim the, the of the door. I saw a Torah from the B'nai saschar in Tishrei. I think it's my Gimel in Tishrei. The B'nai Sashar explains the Pasuk, very famous Gemara, Alma of the Haaretz. Ama Avda Ha'aretz And it's a very novel interpretation. Which, to me, is a brand new understanding of this B'chart B'chayim. B'chart B'chayim means that when a person when a person decides to live a life of Torah, when a person decides to live a life which is based on the principles of Torah. Our oh, rebellion. I know, I'm late, but I'm really glad to make the last two minutes. The most important part is right now. The, When a person decides to live a life of Torah, so, Shalom Baruch of the Torah says, means they didn't choose the Torah as their first and most powerful weapon. This is the Lashon that he uses, it's unbelievable. He doesn't use say the word chess, but it's mamish like he's talking about chess. He says, if a person believes in living a life of Torah, all of them achshava livers like we spoke about one a few nights ago in, uh, on a Monday night in one of the Sichos. All of them achshava livers If a person decides that they want to live their life according to the din, then basuf, you can be with you know you could be with Rachmanos when you're actually carrying it out because you can't live by those ideals that you're setting up for yourself but if a person decides they want to live based on the ideals of Torah so then who knows Torah see think about this let's say you have a, a tough a tough situation there's a aguna. there's a some t- very tough Halachic situation so you have a, a, a big you have a Rav Moshe Feinstein, you have a Rav Adi Yosef who sits for hours and hours and hours and they try to find a solution. But at the end of the day, says B'nai Saskar, Rav Moshe Feinstein and Rav Adi Yosef can only find so much of a solution to the best of their abilities because they're malachim, but they're not. You know, they're, they're loath to call them humans so that they don't become a donkey, but they're malachim. But still, they're, there's a limit to how much they can they can use the Torah in order to solve the issue. Bnei Saskar says that, but the Rabboni Shalom knows his Torah so well, meaning Hashem knows Shas, right? I saw that cute thing that somebody passed around this week. Kadosh Baruch HaShas, <laughs> the Torah or I don't know if you guys saw But Hashem knows Shas pretty well, right? He knows the Torah pretty well. He knows all the Pnei Yeshuas, okay? He knows every Magan Avram, He knows, he knows it all, okay? <laughs> So that means that if, if you Baruch Hu if you choose, if you think that your life, the, the most important thing, the, the first blessing that you say every morning, not in terms of sequentially, but Baruch Hu the, the first thing you're thankful for is the Torah, Hashem will use the Torah to figure out how what you're doing is, maybe it's only the Repanon, it's not, you know, Hashem will find out how the thing that you thought that you were doing which is going against him, and he'll be mezaki by saying, if you knew this, you know, if you knew this obscure comment of like the Tosus Rid, and you saw how that worked into this cheshvah, then you would see how what you did actually isn't what you thought you were doing. It says B'nai Sashar, that only works if you're machshiv Torah. It only works, see, this is such a beautiful hezbr because what it means is that to the degree that you're trying to live by the Torah, the Torah will save you to the degree that you try to live by the Torah, then Hashem, the ultimate grand chess master of Torah, will use the Torah to save you. But if you say, what's the Torah? Why should I live by the Torah? Why should I study the Torah? Why should I be interested in the Torah? What does the Torah do for me? So then Hashem, then Hashem says, oh, I guess I can't do much with this. I can't do anything with this Torah. Uh, meaning, from your own admission, from your, your own standpoint, there's nothing that I can do. And so therefore, I'm not able to be then. to b'chayim, Hashem tells us the, the, lo- the lottery. How do we win this lottery? It gives us the, the, the exact numbers for the lottery. What that means is that no matter what you're doing, even if you're doing it wrong, if, it doesn't mean you have an excuse to do it wrong. It means to the degree that you're machsh of the Torah, and you learn the Torah and you try to live by the Torah and every time you feel like you're not in accordance with the Torah and you feel like you're not in concert with the Torah and you feel like your life is out of shift with this then you have to just you just recalibrate towards the Torah and Hashem will use that same Torah in order to heal you in order to save you in order to Mizaki. that's the pshat in, the in, the, in, the, in this week's prayer and it's the nigla is for you for you the nigla is you learn as much Torah as you can and try to follow it to the best of your ability. And behind the scenes, ben Hashem is playing a chess game against you where He's taking for you. <laughs> like we were talking about before, the Father and the Son are sitting together and Hashem is using that very Torah that you say, this, is, this Torah is Torah Chaim." It's Chaim Hil Machzikim Ba. To the degree that you're machzik the Torah and you're grabbing onto the Torah and you're Baruch Hu B'Torah Tchila, then there's no of the hearts. Then the earth never gets destroyed then Eretz Yisrael gets assured, you, you never get assured, you. your Avodah becomes pristine because Hashem will use that Torah to find you a way to be machzik. But as long as you're treating the Torah seriously. If you're not treating the Torah seriously, then, there's a, then, then how can Hashem use a loophole using the Torah because you don't even treat the Torah seriously? This is too fast. It happens too fast job is gonna